Welcome to the Taz Show Podcast. Dev, another creepy doctor story in the news this week. Yeah, there was a a doctor from Georgetown. He has uh, gone before the College of Physicians and Surgeons of Ontario. His name's Dr. Nigel Mark Phipps. This is Georgetown, Ontario. Georgetown, Ontario. He was accused and later found that he committed professional misconduct because he showed his... uh, Three of his staffers and 11 of his patients naked pictures of himself. 14 different people. 14 different people. Now, his uh, lawyer argued that this was just a lapse in judgment. (laughs) But the college argued... You can't have a lapse of judgment. This happens over multiple weeks to multiple people. Did he start? Did he test the waters by showing the the staff members? And he's like, okay, I think those nude pictures were well received. I'm going to start showing them to my patients. Maybe he just made a mistake with his patients. Like he meant to pull up an x-ray, one of those ones you put on the light board. And then, oh, and here's your broker. Oh, sorry. That's my wiener. That's my butt and wiener. But uh, what do you think? (laughs) Just some tasteful nudes I had done for my wife <laughs> but while we're here <laughs> do you like do you like the black background or the white background of me on this leather coach naked <laughs> tasteful nudes <laughs> I even put a little Vaseline on the camera just to soften the hard edges what do you think <laughs> even if it was a one time lapse in judgment you do not show naked pictures of yourself to your patients. I have never shown a naked picture of myself to anybody. <laughs> not even people I'm in a relationship with. Nobody's asked? Nobody wants to see that. You got to know, like, who does this doctor think he is? And then the other creepy doctor. Uh, He's from Ottawa. He's a fertility doctor. Right. This story was in the news this week as well. He uh, So he did multiple things. One, which he inseminated people with the incorrect sperm. He also inseminated other people with his own sperm. Dr. Love. Call in Dr. Love. <laughs> they call him Dr. Love. So he uh, he used his own sperm to get his patients pregnant. Yes. Meaning that he has children out there. Uh, like these these patients are finding out what a t- horrible thing that this doctor, this man that they trusted, uh, gave them his seed and their child is biologically his. For the parents, also for the kids, like for yeah. everyone. It's just like, you know, you're... You're a sicko. I, I've seen a lot of people online calling him a pervert or a sicko, but he's a psychopath. Yeah. Really, like when it comes, that's a that is a absolutely a bonkers to move to do multiple. T- like, what is going through your mind? It's it's nuts. He should have to pay alimony to all of those children. <laughs> child support. <laughs> yeah. Oh my child god. Child support for the rest of their lives to all of the children that uh, he made. Wow, it's it's tough to make the. Uh, the the doctor who's showing naked pictures of himself to to his patients look not not so bad yeah. <laughs> but when you're the the sperm doctor inseminating your patients with your own sperm uh, yeah you did just that yeah well let's hope that this is the end of ontario creepy doctor stories for a while everything comes in threes <laughs> And some sad news. Dog the Bounty Hunter's wife, Beth Chapman, passed away yesterday at 51 years old. She was diagnosed with stage 2 throat cancer in September of 2017. She's been fighting it ever since. 
Here's an interview with Dog and Beth after she received her diagnosis. It's just like hearing someone telling you that you're going to die. You know, and you're just like, what? I told the doctor, she dies, you die. I said, I don't mean to be like that. I don't mean to threaten you because I'm a good person. But, Doc, if she dies, you die. Well, you don't threaten the doctor, Doc. Yeah, I get it. Emotions yeah. are high, but... Oh, couple of couple of beauties, those two. I, I remember a couple years back. I know Tim, my old neighbor Tim, is probably listening to the show right now. Uh, he does every morning. And Tim and his wife, Melissa, came to my Halloween party dressed as Dog the Bounty Hunter. <laughs> I was there! And Beth. Yeah! <laughs> you need some leopard print. You need the, the blonde wigs. Yep. Like, they were so popular for... Uh, for Four or five years, Dog the Bounty Hunter was one of the biggest shows on television, and they were just such characters. The whole, the whole family. It was, yeah. a, you know, they could have been doing anything. They didn't have to even bounty hunt. <laughs> just watching that family do their thing was entertaining. So uh, condolences to Dog on his loss. Obviously, he's got to be devastated. Yeah, I, I used to watch it all the time in high school, and she'd always be in the truck. Do it like on the CB or something. She's like the dispatch. Yeah, yeah. And I always loved it because Dog the Bounty Hunter, he would always like be like, get down, you scumbag. And then once he like puts the the handcuffs on him, he's like, you know, you can really turn around your life. You know, because he is like a nice guy. Like he he's a man of God and like he tries to help people, but he does it in such a weird fashion. He takes him down hard and then he has a heart to heart with yeah. him in the back seat. Is this what you want to be doing with your life, man? And nobody can control Dog but Ben. Yeah. <laughs> he was scared of her. You could yeah. kind of tell, eh? She's got the leash she, for the dog. She would put him in his place. Uh, dog the Bounty Hunter's wife, Beth Chapman, had passed away yesterday. Only 51 years old. Yesterday ended up being a beautiful day. Good news for us because uh, Jim and I both were at uh, golf tournaments, different golf tournaments. Uh, these are causes that we've been supporting for years now here. And uh, unfortunately, the tournaments in, pa- in the past, they haven't been on the same day. Yesterday they were. So we had to split up, just like the Scooby-Doo gang. <laughs> I took the uh, ALS uh, tournament. Mario Vela is a guy from here in London, Ontario. Big hockey guy. Uh, smooth as silk. The guys used to play against Mario said he's smooth as silk on the ice. Uh, a couple guys out there like, yeah, I used to hack the hell out of Mario because it was the only way I could get him. He was <laughs> just so good. Uh, he was diagnosed 23 years ago with Lou Gehrig's disease, ALS, and he's still there. 20 years they've been doing this golf tournament, which is crazy. It's a disease that from diagnosis till... Uh, uh, to passing usually is about five years, but Mario is such a fighter, man. It is so impressive to see uh, how he just keeps pushing the boundaries and he's just hanging on, hoping for a cure in you know the next couple months, the next couple of years. You never know when it's coming. The research that is going on right now with ALS is pretty impressive. So uh, it was awesome to spend some time with Mario yesterday. Brandon Prust is a friend of Mario's. He was at the tournament. We had some laughs. Presti auctioned off a, a great uh, prize, including some some of his old jerseys. He had one of his Flames jerseys. You forget how many teams that guy played for till you see his jerseys lined up. Mm-hmm. One of his Rangers jerseys. 
and a Montreal Canadiens jersey. And uh, we raised a bunch of money there. Also, Travis Konechny of the Philadelphia Flyers was at the tournament yesterday. Cool. Auctioned off a signed Flyers jersey. I, I tried to get it for Boss Brad, but fortunately for Mario, uh, the, the bidding got a little too rich for my blood. <laughs> so we raised some good money there, too. Big kudos to all Mario's friends and family. His parents are incredible. And everyone who came out to support the cause yesterday at West Haven Golf and Country Club. And then, Jim, you were at the Sebastian Superheroes Golf Tournament. Yeah, loved it. At the Oaks. Awesome day. First off, the weather. Just a, a, a few times in the past, Sebastian Superheroes has been a little rainy, so everybody was like in the best mood. Everybody's drinking, having a great time. I was golfing with Paul Duarte from Paul Duarte and Associates. Uh, if you're injured on the job, fired from work, go see some meals, meals, something, something. Experts call one six six. <laughs> WCB, WSIB, the consultation's free. Uh, Just an awesome dude. And then uh, a couple other guys, uh, Al and Brownie, a couple guys I met, a couple buttes. uh, And they were wearing, you know those hats where it looks like you have hair? The whole time. The spiky hair. Yeah, yeah. they had those hats the on. visors. And I knew the whole time that it was fake hair, fake hats, whatever. But still, after hanging out with somebody for eight hours on the golf course, and then they take it off. You couldn't recognize them so at weird. dinner. <laughs> it's so weird. But we also raised a lot of money in the live auction for uh, fighting neuroblastoma, a rare form of childhood cancer. And this stat always blows my mind. When 10 years ago, when Sebastian Superheroes started as a charity, uh, the survival rate for neuroblastoma was 20%. Mm-hmm. Now it's up to 60%. I know. It's incredible, isn't it? Yeah, it's awesome. And the Oliveira family are just such great people, too. The best. They lost their son to that disease, and they have uh, honored him by uh, pushing forward and uh, and making sure that Sebastian's legacy is one of awareness and research. So hi to all our friends from Sebastian Superheroes and the Oaks Golf Course. And, of course... King of the Pigs were there early oh, with the sandwiches. the sandwiches. I had two, Taz. I had one for you, buddy. Thanks, man. So good. Jim, you saw something posted online the other day. It really ticked you off because it's uh, not far from uh, where you live. It's something that happened here in London, Ontario, and it is costing the taxpayers money. Yeah, this is. Uh, I found this video on uh, the London, Ontario subreddit. And the video is called. The video was titled "This Really Pisses Me Off on Viscount Road," and it's a guy here. Uh, there's no volume here, Taz, but here's a video. It's a sidewalk, a freshly poured sidewalk, about 50 feet. There's two sections of it. One section is about 50 feet. The other section is about 10 feet. Some jerk store walked across the entire sidewalk and left footprints the entire way. It's got to be longer than 50 feet. <laughs> you don't laugh. I'm sorry. Not, <laughs> so he left footprints in, in the freshly poured sidewalk, which as a kid was something I always wanted to do. I wanted to do that, and you'd see it on TV shows and stuff, right? And I always wanted to write my name in freshly poured concrete. Yeah. Like Leave It to Beaver, the start of Leave It to Beaver. What does he put beaver in it or I'd, I've never seen the opening. Well, I'd warn you against putting beaver in it. <laughs> <laughs> that could uh that could uh, cause a trip to the emergency room, but <laughs> yeah, he wrote his name in the in the cement. That's one thing, or putting a heart and putting your crush's initials in it or something like that. But this is 60, 50, 60 feet of sidewalk that has been absolutely ruined. Taxpayers' money. 
It's just complete ignorance. Are they going to report that, or are they just going to leave the footprints well, in there? I don't know. I'm, I'm only going by the comments here, but uh, apparently, according to the person who took the video and posted it, said, was just poured this morning. The crew from the city said the whole thing will have to be torn up and redone. What a waste of time and money. That seems outrageous to me that you would have to rip it all up. Uh, purely for aesthetics, but maybe it's a, it's a hazard, you know, if there's a, a dip there. and, and you You're know, riding a uh, skateboard or a bike or rollerblading. Yeah. Or some older people can't lift their feet up that great and it would cause a bit of a divot. But it's no more dangerous than a, a, a sidewalk that's already falling apart. So why wouldn't you just take the money that you were going to use to repour this and do it for a different spot? But th- this makes me mad because I used to pour concrete all the time. And we would have to keep a guy, like we would pour the deck of a bridge or a sidewalk beside a bridge, and you would have to keep somebody posted up there for hours after. Because concrete guard. You could put concrete barriers up. You could put a makeshift <laughs> wooden fence. You could put signage for days, and there would still be somebody trying to cross it. Like the, the lowest man on the totem pole basically would have to stay back for four hours and yell at people. And his job was like watching concrete dry. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> But it would. It's, this just is close to my heart because it still makes me mad. Like a guy on a I bike. I can tell. Yeah, a guy on a. It would always be a guy on a bike because he wouldn't want to go around the block because the and he'd be like, "Oh, I crossed the bridge last week. I can do it again." He'd try to carry his bike across. You'd have to yell at him. Do you think this person walked through the freshly poured concrete on this sidewalk on purpose? Or is there a chance in this day and age, everyone's walking around, checking their Instagram, staring at their phones? Could they have just been staring at their phone, walked for an entire city block in freshly poured concrete, and not realized it? Well, they would have to step over caution tape, and you would feel it. You would 100% feel it. This is somebody being ignorant, and yeah. Kudos. I, I, I wish they have a rare, I hope they have a rare pair of shoes. So they can track them down and make them pay for the, uh, the new sidewalk that they're going to have to put in. And you th- you laughed, and that makes me mad. Dev comes in the studio. He laughs as soon as he sees it. I laugh because what kind of person does that? I, it's just I'm I feel bad for the guys who have to go back and, and correct that uh, that patch of concrete now. But it's the visual of like either someone doing it accidentally or some loser. Like what kind of loser do you have to be to walk through the concrete like that? We may have an answer here because there's a guy on the phone claims he's got some inside information about the uh, person walking through that wet concrete. I'm one of the guys that work on that group. And did you see the person walking through the concrete? Yeah, it was a young girl, and I actually told her not to do it, and she did it the day before, too. What do you, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah, I'm real, eh? She did it just to spite you guys? Like, what was uh, her purpose? For, for some reason, she didn't want to walk on the grass around it, I guess. She didn't want her shoes to get dirty, so instead, now they're covered in immovable concrete? Exactly. Do you well, have to rip it up and redo the whole thing? We might be able to get a little patch in there. Smooth it out a bit. Well, yeah, total waste of money and time. Keep uh, fighting the good fight there, sidewalk guys. Hey, guys, thanks. You peacock, you Time for sports. Devin Peacock joins us. The Vancouver Canucks are going to be penalized because one of their players has retired, Dev. Actually, one of their former players. So Roberto Luongo retired yesterday as a member of the Florida Panthers. His career started. Uh, so I forgot that he had left. So the, the story of Luongo's career is just fantastic, first off. So the, the pick that the New York Islanders used to draft him came from the Toronto Maple Leafs. 
He played only a handful of games with the Islanders, was traded to Florida, played five, six years with Florida, signed with Vancouver, and then was eventually traded back to Florida where he is now retired. 489 victories. He is a surefire Hall of Famer. However, during his time in Vancouver... He signed a monster contract, 12 years with the Canucks, and the Canucks did some, like they did, which I think they should be credited for, but they, it upset the NHL. They should be, they did some fancy math where they front loaded his contract. They did a huge, they did over 12 years so they could have a lower cap hit, but the cap hit did not match the actual salary. So in the first couple of years of his contract, he was making $10 million. Had he played, because there's three more years still to go in his contract, had he played it out in the final two years, he'd make only $1 million in salary, but his cap hit would be 5.3. So when this happened, the NHL got upset that the Canucks were basically circumventing the cap through this fancy math. So they came up with a new rule that they called the cap recapture uh, penalty. So now that uh, Luongo has retired, even though he has not played with Vancouver for about six years, they are going to be hit with a cap hit for the next three years of $3 million because the NHL estimates that they saved about $9 million because of all of this. So the Canucks, who haven't had Luongo on the books for years, now have Luongo's contract as part of their cap for the next three years, $3 million. Why should they be penalized? They got away with it. Change it for the moving forward, right? Like mm-hmm. they, when they made that deal, it wasn't. A, they weren't breaking any rules. So why do you go back? You can put the rule in place for the next team who tries it. But why would they do that to Vancouver? Well, so it's not just Vancouver that's uh, that's hit with this. Ilya Kovalchuk signed a huge contract with the New Jersey Devils. He eventually left uh, to Russia, retired, and has now come back, signed a new contract with the LA Kings. The Devils have something similar on their books until 2025. It's a much smaller figure than what the Canucks have. So, but the NHL got upset with these teams who created these long contracts, which is stupid because you allowed the teams to do this. Every team is going to find some sort of competitive advantage. So it's not their fault but the NHL got upset. Had, though, Luongo waited three more years to retire, Vancouver would have been hit with an $8.5 million cap hit because the savings would have been even greater because they assumed some salary when they traded him to Florida. Had, though, Luongo decided to go on long-term injury reserve to end his career, both Florida and Vancouver would have saved a lot of money. But (laughs) he didn't do that. I just looked at how old is Roberto Luongo. He's 40 years old. Yeah, he's 40. No wonder he's got a big smile on his face in all these pictures. 40 years old, multi-multi-millionaire, and retired. Must be nice. We we should have been teachers. We would have had the summer (laughs) off, or we should have been (laughs) NHL players. Jim, what were we thinking? That's the Taz Show podcast. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And remember, you can tune in on the radio, 95.9 on the uh, dial in the London area. That's FM 96 or FM 96.com.